0: Welcome to the CT Startup Podcast. This is one of your co-hosts, Eric Francis from Trifecta Ecosystems,
1: Dave Menard from Martha Kalina.
0: and we are at the Innovation Summit, the Connecticut Technology Council's 10-year uh, celebration of the Innovation Summit, and we are here with Jay Lebuff, right? Jay Lebuff, yes, Jay Lebuff from, from STEM, uh, Stem Pilot.
2: Stem Pilot. So, uh, tell us a little bit about this uh stem pilot is a k-12 education business where we are teaching kids to apply the profound amount of math and science in aviation in what's called project-based learning so we're basically teaching them how to fly airplanes Uh, we've written a whole series of tutored missions which are self-directed and the The kids form flight crews of three to five students. So we have a pilot, a co-pilot, and then a navigator slash self-assessor. And we teach the kids how to uh, fly the airplane. And at the same time, we teach them how to uh, create flight plans which use geometry, trig, physics, geography, topography, meteorology, and algebra in every flight. Nice, that's awesome. So I assume you used to be a pilot? I'm a student pilot. Okay. And uh, I like to fly. Um, I'm very interested in the avionics of of navigation. Uh, We've just completed writing uh, navigation software. So we fly uh, what's called the VOR, which are um, omnidirectional radio beacons. We Mm -hmm. fly full instrument landing system approaches. And so we can teach kids how to uh, execute all of this all the way up through uh, instrument flight right? Okay.
1: I'm, I'm thrilled about this because, yeah, because, well, you're, you're trying to become
0: a
2: pilot and just yes. uh, like, you're, you're yep. going to quit being
1: a
0: lawyer, just going to fly around the country. I just
1: had this <laughs> experience. I was in Hawaii for two weeks and I went on and, and I took uh, two flight lessons in uh, weight shift control aircraft. So a hang glider with an engine on it and, uh, and like a buggy underneath, kind of like a flying motorcycle. And, uh, it was fantastic. Just a, g- a great experience. And, and, and absolutely loved it. And so it was, uh, both my wife and I were looking into taking lessons in it. And, uh, So you were telling me that uh, you offer a number of different types of aircraft that they can fly.
2: Right. We can fly everything from an ultralight all the way up to a 747-800. We also fly helicopters and gliders. And uh, the flight package that we use is called Prepared from Lockheed Martin. And so with that, we can fly every airfield on the planet geographically and topographically correct uh, in any one of 50 airplanes, including helicopters that's amazing nice yeah because uh helicopters uh is always intriguing
0: to me my my father used to fly hueys and uh for the u.s army and uh it's always you know when you talk to helicopter pilots and and uh um you know airplane pilots they always say that helicopters are way like a lot different harder and and it's like it's almost like if
2: you're going to even get your pilot's license you might as well just become a commercial pilot (laughs) it's it's like that hard flying a helicopter is a very challenging experience uh it's counterintuitive the way they fly uh, and it's been uh, described as a million and a half little parts trying to thrash themselves to pieces. <laughs> uh, but they, we fly them. Uh, we build simulators for the Army. And so we've built uh, four uh, units out at Fort Rucker in Alabama, and they're nice. using those to requalify helicopter pilots who have been on uh, medical leave. Oh, interesting.
1: So so it's not just the STEM program. You actually ship these units out elsewhere for other uses.
2: Yes. We build higher fidelity units that are used in uh, aviation training, uh, aeronautical engineering training. Uh, we work with colleges and university engineering programs. We work with uh, uh, college and university aviation programs, and uh, I ended up... Uh, taking an order for a dual screen simulator at a middle school in New Canaan, Connecticut. And I went on the delivery of that, and the woman who's running the program uh, is a retired 727 uh, captain with uh, Continental Airlines. And she retired uh, to raise a family and started teaching math and ends up as the head of the math department. And she started using flight simulators in a, a elementary STEM lab, this goes back Four years now. Uh, and she was using the flight simulators to teach kids uh, the math and science. And uh, when I saw that, the light went on, and I realized that this is a great opportunity. And so I worked with uh, Vivian Bertzel, who's the teacher out in New Canaan. I work with another program in Harlem, in New York City, where I have 200 kids flying. Wow. And the results are very intriguing. Uh, Kids who go through the full aeronautics programs in the high schools, they all go on to college. And uh, this past year in in the city uh, at Frederick Douglass, we had three kids get full scholarships to Vaughan College of Aeronautics and Engineering. They'll go on to become commercial pilots and engineers. And we have one young man who's now at the Air Force Academy. And this is all out of one school in uh, inner city school in the city. Nice. So, so obviously, not
0: just the STEM, but the career opportunities, right? I mean, that's at the, at the high school level, it's really kind of focusing on what a potential career could look like, right? Right.
2: So I work, um, I, I'm on the advisory board at Cooper Unions Engineering School in the city. Mm-hmm. And I work with kids building race cars in the basement on St. Mark's Place in the East Village, real race cars. And I'll go to a Formula SAE meeting, and there'll be 20 kids there. There'll be two girls. <laughs> so I go up to the two girls, and I say, where are the rest of you? And the answer to that is that if you want more young women in math, science, and engineering careers, you better start in the elementary and middle schools. And so we have designed an attachment to the EduStation that puts a joystick at the hand position of a first grader. And we've got first, second, and third graders flying in New York City and down in Florida uh, with great results. That's great.
1: That is tremendous. And so you were telling me earlier that, that not only do you, do you help teach students to fly, but you also hire students out of uh, vocational schools.
2: Yes. Yeah, so we're located in Waterbury. And uh, I, we do welding. We do metal fabrication. And we do we build all of our own computers. And we do software development. And I have all the kids that work with me in the factory are all graduates of the CTE system, career technical education, what used to be called vocational training. Mm-hmm. They're all graduates of the CTE schools in Connecticut. And uh, what I like about that is that, uh, first they're all trained, so the, the kids who do welding know how to weld. Uh, we have a young lady who graduated as a machinist and she's turned into a total computer whiz and handles all of our uh, Uh, tech support with customers and and build outs. And uh, what I like about these kids is that they're, uh, the ones I hire are clever, Uh, they're self-starters, they're imaginative, and I I turn them loose. I give them the opportunity to create things, and we go at it and we create them. And so we've recently delivered our first uh, kiosk for uh, Aviation Museum and there one of the kids uh, came up with the idea of how to fabricate what looks like a cockpit of an airplane and we turned them loose and we, we sold it to the customer. Yeah, that's fantastic. So,
0: so you're telling me these, these stands, you build the entire thing? Yes. The
1: computers
2: and all? Yes. Wow, why, why did you go that route? Um, well, we're not running Excel spreadsheets and so when you're running flight <laughs> simulation, you really have to build computers that are specific for that task. Okay. And so we build big video cards. Uh, and one of the kids that graduated from Frederick Douglass uh, now two and a half years ago, uh, this is a special needs student who has Asperger's. Yep. And uh, he could have sat in that classroom with his head down and flown totally under the radar and had a fairly mediocre life. Uh, he got very interested in the aeronautics program, uh, became a rock star in that program uh, soloed in his senior year of high school, earned a full scholarship to Vaughn College of Aeronautics and Engineering, where his grade point ratio is 4.0. And so... <laughs> That's nice, huh? Well, he's brilliant. The kid is totally brilliant. His name is Josh Rivera, and he now works with us and he writes the tutored missions for us. So it's basically an engineering job where we're laying out these yep. uh, various flight plans uh, we're writing all the physics models into the boundaries and we write the scripts and record them and then we can take kids self-directed. So we form flight crews of three to five kids in each of the s- uh, classrooms. And uh, the, the way it works is we have a pilot, a co-pilot, and then a navigator slash self-assessor. And we have a, an assessment sheet that uh, goes with every tutored mission. And my own personal goal is to build self-esteem in young kids, and the way we do that is to teach them how to be successful at complex and difficult tasks. And at the end of each mission, we fly through a yellow hoop, and then if you make all the boxes and get through the hoop, it goes da 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 and, well, because we want to congratulate yeah. them, yeah. and then we send them home with a certificate of achievement that says that they completed this particular uh, uh, mission.
1: What a great I love the fact that your company is doing good inside and out. Like it's not only about teaching the students, but it's also bringing, bringing these former students into your company and, and giving them good opportunities and opportunities to learn and take with them whatever they do.
2: You know, it's a very eclectic environment in our business. Uh, and one day we're building, we just designed a triple screen edu-station. We just sold two of those. And so one day we're building triple screens. Next day we're building pilot pros with up to six displays. Next day we're building edu-stations. And so um, I've, I've managed to put together a, a really wonderful team of young people who, who can do it. Nice, so so I want to bring
0: something up. So. Um, so I'm in my late 20s, you know, starting a business everything like that. You are not in your late 20s. I'm not, I'm, no. not, I'm, not saying, I'm not saying this in a bad way. But what? First of all, you v- said very subtle. Yeah, right? yeah very, I, I, was just was very I just so, put it out there, So right? uh, let me tell you. How. But, but, but it's like
2: you had I assume you had a career before this and you <laughs> yes. started something. Uh, you know. uh, so let me tell you how yeah. that worked. Uh, I was in the fastener business, <laughs> making metal fasteners for the automotive and general industry. Yep. And I like to drive race cars and I've been driving race cars since 1974. And when Xbox came out, I bought one for my 20-year-old in college and one for my 10-year-old at home. Yep. Spencer and I go to the basement and I'm trying to play the racing games with the controller and I can't control the car. I'm hunting left, <laughs> hunting right, <laughs> hunting left. So then I buy a racing wheel and I'm sitting at a coffee table with a racing wheel and that felt pretty stupid. <laughs> and so one of the engineers who worked with me was also an SECA driver and I bought a Momo race seat and I laid it out like I would sit in a race car. So I put the wheel where the wheel is, the shifter where the shifter is, pedals where the pedals would be in the race car, and then I put a screen out in front of me, and then I installed a surround sound system <laughs> on this, and, and now I was in a race car. Yeah. And the guys in my factory saw this, and they said, you know, you should show this to somebody. Oh, you do this at work? or Yeah. You do well, I owned the company. Okay. I had, I, had, uh, I don't know, 100,000 square foot building I had 50 or 70 employees. I yeah. wish I knew you when I had my <laughs> first <laughs> Xbox. Yeah. Yeah, right? <laughs> and, you know, we, I, I had an engineering staff and, and I had great people that I could work with. And so I could basically <laughs> fabricate anything I wanted. Yeah. And so we built one of these for me. And uh, the guys in the factory said, you know, you should show this to somebody. So I did two focus groups with kids from GameStop and they loved it. And I rented a 10 by 10 booth at the Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas in 2005. We're in a 10 by 10 booth yeah. in a sea of 2 million square feet. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's the biggest trade show <laughs> in the country. And I win the Editor's Choice Award for product innovation, and the next day I'm in the simulation business. <laughs> and so I go back a year later, and um, I have pilots coming into the booth asking if I can run flight simulations. So I said, uh, I don't know, let me look into it. And so we designed what we needed to change the simulator into a flight simulator. I sent the first one to Tom Benenson, who was the senior editor of Flying Magazine. He liked it so much he kept it for a month I had to go up there and drag it back. back. And it's really, uh, the business has changed because uh, we've pivoted away from race car simulators, because that's a very small market. Yeah. We started training general aviation pilots, but that's also a relatively small yeah. market. And uh, I had an epiphany one day, and uh, I realized that in the education world, there were 60,000 public schools in the United States, maybe another 30,000 private schools, and so there are 90,000 schools in the United States and i like that marketing opportunity you only and need a thousand right <laughs> uh there are 1864 schools just in the new york city system the largest in the country yep. and we're working with the new york city department of education we've got units in all the boroughs mm-hmm. and uh we have had uh, tremendous success both with mainstream kids but also with special ed kids yep. uh, and i have a high school no a middle school in the Bronx and they called us in to do a demo and the principal uh, brought 10 kids into the room and I, I go through a little drill with them. So I t- asked them to put their fingers on their nose and head nose down, nose up, roll left, roll right, your left, your right, so they know the terms. And then we put each student into the simulator and flew a mission called take off and left climb out. And each of the kids successfully completed the mission. And then when the kids left the room, I turned to the principal and I said, "Well, what do you think?" He said, "I want four of them right away." <laughs> I said, "Really? What was so compelling about that?" He said, "Those are all special ed kids who can't sit still in a classroom. <laughs> who don't." Wow. Yeah. And so we're working now with three schools in the city, specifically in the special needs and special ed world. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not exact. I'm not a professional educator. I'm yep. an engineer. But the uh, there is something about all of this that engages these kids, and in the special education world, there's no sort of cookie cutter approach that if you do A, B, and C, you get C, D, and E results. And so uh, I'm real interested in advancing that. We Well, so,
0: so uh, what we do at Trifecta is that we uh, build aquaponics systems, uh, especially for schools and agencies that work with, uh, you know, IDD populations, and we get the same thing is that uh, our teachers are telling us, you know, our, our student who, you know, can't sit still, he doesn't engage with us like in, uh, in any of the curriculum, well, he comes in every day and he feeds the fish and he takes care of the plants and that's his thing. And so they, I mean, it's not how we set out to, to make our product, but it's just one of those natural progressions where the teachers, I mean, we ask our our clients and our teachers, what is it about the, you know, about our system that is compelling to you? And they say this, these two kids latched onto it, you know, and it's just kind of the same person that ended up getting the the scholarship and and going on and that works for you. Um, That's For us, we want to do that same thing, right?
2: You don't know until you put your toe in the water and you see what happens. Uh, And so, you know, as an entrepreneurial person, uh, you want to be able to sort of uh, pay attention to that. And then when you see something that looks like it's uh, magic, uh, uh, turn into that direction. Yeah, so you like basically (laughs) fell into this. I didn't fall, fall into anything. I created it. Well, you created it, but I'm saying is that, uh, but, but I'm saying with the I'm Xbox. Falling into yeah. it is being in the lucky gene pool and you yeah. wake up one morning and like Donald Trump's kid. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, but,
0: but I'm saying like you didn't set out when you did the Xbox. Like, I mean, you just, you no, were just having no, fun. No, you were was, just kind of messing around. It was and total then, discovery. Yeah.
2: And so you know, I like discovery. I think that it's an interesting way to uh, work and learn. And if you observe and pay attention to what happens when people see what you're doing, you can pick up on that and you can then maybe create something that people like. This particular product, the EduStation, uh, is extremely popular. Uh, We work in a lot of inner city school environments. Uh, We'd like to work in Bridgeport, which has proven to be not particularly easy to do. Mm -hmm. Uh, But uh, the the idea is to find a way for children to want to learn. Yes. And once you have ignited that interest in them, then the rest of it is easy. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we have some schools that have to run lotteries now because the classroom is oversubscribed to uh, in the programs that we're running. Oh. So they they actually
0: create like a whole new class for this? It or j- it they, or well, do they kind it, of?
2: It, the way it works is it, in the, um, elementary schools the the program sort of integrates into their science labs their science Um, in middle schools and in high schools either schools are creating stem lab environments yeah and that this works very well in that environment they it also gets executed in full aeronautics programs which are generally a full year Uh, but it always gets executed as an after-school flying club and oh, that's So what happens is, we, you know, as I mentioned, we're trying to build self-esteem in young mm-hmm. kids, and so one of my goals is to uh, turn students into teachers, and so we've set up a rubric for this so that the most skilled kids become captains. They they teach first officers. First officers teach student pilots, and so we we try and 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 uh, put together a little food chain within the classroom environment. Oh, very nice.
1: And so I have to ask the uh, the technology question, which is, how is VR going to affect this?
2: That's a pretty good question. You know, I'm not real sure about that. Yeah. Um, what I have a VR headset, uh, and uh, one of the executables in that is uh, uh, prepping an A380 uh, Airbus for uh, takeoff, and it, it's very fascinating. The I, I'm not certain that it's going to really work for us in this environment because um, we're also training what's called muscle memory. Yeah. And so by training muscle memory, we want kids to actually operate both the controls and the radios mm-hmm. so that they understand and, th- and they have a training that, that they respond to to be able to, to work in that. Um, I think the VR world is an entertainment event. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm not certain that it's going to migrate into an educational event. Uh, We also like to form flight crews and have collaborative learning. And so uh, by by grouping kids into flight crews, I want them to help each other. And uh, the VR world is a very individual kind of place uh, unless you're playing sort of an interactive video game mm-hmm. where you're sort of shooting at people and you're all sort of in that same world. Um, we, we can network these simulators together mm-hmm. so that everybody is flying in the same world. Um, but uh, I, I'm not real certain about uh, uh, virtual reality and and all of this. And uh, it, uh, you know, I like the interaction of the kids with each other. Yeah. Uh, and I don't think I think you you sort of defeat that in the VR headset mm-hmm. world.
1: It sounds like the technology isn't there yet to really put put everybody together. It, or-
2: it's it's not that the, the technology is there to put you in a, a virtual environment, yeah. but. It also is isolating because it's just you. And we're trying to work with teams of three to five kids and I I, I just don't think it has the same texture as as, uh, sitting in front of the simulator. Uh, We have a big screen, we can fly anywhere on the planet, we've got multiple views and um, Uh, so that the,
0: the the jury's still out on that. For but me. It, but more more or less, it's because of the the tactile nature. You
2: have to be touching stuff. You, you know. Is I've that, used I've the used bear? I've used a thing called a head tracker. Yeah. And so the head tracker, when you rotate your head left to right, it's moving the 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 the, 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 view, the, the yeah. view on the. I find that very distracting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I find that the motion platforms in the higher end simulators are in many ways. Um, distracting to teaching what are called procedures. We're doing procedural training. Yeah. So if we're going to teach a, kid, a student how to take off, yeah. we've yeah, got probably. certain procedures. You want to you, you know, flip the switches to put the, uh, the flaps down. We have a takeoff procedure. we got a pre-flight check. It, it sort of works really nicely in the platform that we have. Uh, and the way that the edu stations are constructed is that they line up on the perimeter of a classroom and so they're not intrusive they don't take up a great mm-hmm. deal of floor space and so they're very efficient they roll on wheels and so uh, teachers can roll them into other classrooms they can roll them to different events that they may be doing uh and so it's it's turned out to be a pretty functional platform that's great right. yeah it's great
1: so uh being why are you here at the innovation summit today what is it that you're hoping to get out of uh get out of this day here
2: Uh, Well, I like to network with people. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that we have an innovative approach to education. Uh, There aren't any other people like me running around the country doing this, Mm -hmm. and um, we want to meet other people like you and other people who've come into our booth. Mm -hmm. Many of them are parents in Connecticut schools, and uh, we want to advance our opportunities into other school systems in the state.
1: And having met some of the other people around here and some of the, uh, the other entrepreneurs, uh, what, what from your experience would you pass on to them? If you could pass on a few words of advice, something to help give them, uh, encouragement
2: or things to be wary of. Never quit. And, um, if you have a sound idea and a sound plan, um, Attitude determines altitude, so keep on going. Mm-hmm. And winners never quit and quitters never win. And so uh, I made a promise to myself when I uh, created this uh, race car simulator at the very beginning of all of this that I was gonna take it as long, far as it was gonna go. I wasn't gonna pack it in and remain where I was. And uh, that's that, that's been pretty good advice for me. I've gotten this far and uh, we're hoping to turn this into a $100 million business. There are a lot of schools in America, and uh, when people sit down at the simulator or see the curriculum that we've write, written, they, they, they are really impressed. And it's very fulfilling, fulfilling to me because I'm the guy who dreams this stuff up. <laughs> but um, you know, the, the takeaway is that people find it uh, very interesting. Uh, they think it's a brilliant approach to education. And so I take that as encouragement and keep going. Nice.
1: So if someone wants to learn more about STEM pilot.
2: Uh, www.stempilot.com. We have a Facebook page. We have a. Uh, YouTube channel uh, and on those we have on the YouTube channel we have all of our professional development training videos uh, we have an introduction video and we have videos of various schools that use our product that and the videos were supplied by them not by me Nice. And so uh, we have local news coverage of various schools, et cetera, and yeah, so we're out there. Or you can always call us at 203-527-5747, uh, and we'll be happy to help you.
1: Can I, can I just point out, I think you may be the first person to ever get out their phone number on a podcast? Yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> you, you We're d- going to make sure you get some phone calls. That, that, that well, may, that, that'd, that'd, that'd
0: be nice. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> they may just say hello, but. <laughs> <don't> <laughs> want
1: to. Yeah, we, we really have no idea what that could result in. Um. Yeah. I mean, hey, we, do have,
0: we, do, we do have people from all over the, uh, the world uh, And we also to the show.
2: have a email contact, uh, jay at stempilot.com, and we'll respond to you. All right, awesome.
1: Fantastic. Hey, do you still make uh, racing simulators?
2: Yes. Uh, We build them on demand. Uh, Dave wants one. I do. Dave wants one. one. The answer is yes. (laughs) Uh, We build them in triple forward screen, triple 32s. Very immersive, I've run them in 3D. Uh, See, I'm, I'm sure I can't afford one, but I love the idea <laughs> of one. Well, <laughs> keep, keep, working. Yeah, keep working. Keep working, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Jay,
1: thank you very much for your time. We really appreciate it. Pleasure. Right, very nice to meet you guys. Thank you for listening to the CT Startup Podcast. We want to thank our audio sponsor, the Murphy Carolina Law Firm, our guests for the time and input, our
2: production company, Sublime Exposure Online, and of course, you, our listeners, for helping make all this possible. Make sure to check out our Facebook page our webpage at ctstartup.com, and our Twitter at ctstartupcast. And please make sure to join our newsletter for all the latest information on the connected startups.